Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, brought to you by HypePot.com. As always, lots of love and a huge shout out to Bruce and everybody over at HypePot.com for everything you do in supporting the podcast and supporting music business. They're the best. So, Jay, we uh, we have a special guest joining us this week. Today we have Garrison Snell. He's the CEO of Gyrosity and also CEO of Crosshair. And uh, welcome to the show, Garrison. Tell us a little bit about uh, what is Gyrosity and what is uh, Crosshair. Thank you, yes. Thanks for having me. Gyrosity is a marketing agency. We're a full-service marketing company that started in the music industry and now has gotten uh, a little a little large, a little hard to handle. Uh, we're at 16 folks now and about three years old and uh, a lot of clients in music, but also quite a few in healthcare, banking, e-commerce, brands. Um, so it's a lot of fun. We get to touch a bunch of different companies and industries. And Crosshair is a software product that we launched about a year ago for the music industry. It pitches independent songs to Spotify playlists and social media influencers. So Now, when you say uh, Spotify playlists, are you talking about user-curated Spotify yep. playlists or Spotify-curated Spotify playlists? Independent, UGC, third-party, whatever you want to call them. Yep. Gotcha. So, so, so when you say it's software that pitches... Um, I'm, I'm trying to envision in the simplest terms, is this something like a submit hub, but just for playlists that automatically takes a track and sends it out? It's very similar to submit hub, um, insofar as that it pitches to curators, right. just like they, they pitch to bloggers, but we have playlists and we have quite a large delegation of social media influencers, Instagrammers, Twitter accounts, YouTube accounts, uh, Musical.ly accounts, and that's about half of our delegation. The other half is uh, Spotify, the playlist, these UGC playlists. So uh, r- roughly how many Spotify playlists do you have right now that you, you pitch? To? Oh, man, quite a bit. Um, so we, we have two different databases that we use. One database is a database that I own and uh, have curated for a while. Uh, the other is one we license, but the one that we own is about 5,000 independent playlists and then about 5,000 social media influencers. Um, and then the other database that we license and use is about uh, half a million social media influencers. And how does that work? Do, does it, like, do you break it up by, for example, genre? Is it like, do you have some that you have EDM, country, rock, whatever? I mean, clearly you wouldn't send you know, every artist to the entire list, is it kind of segmented? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it is segmented. It's segmented by two things. First, uh, what kind of music and, um, and like feeling or mood that the curator wants. And yeah. secondly, what type of classification that the artist gives us. So if the artist says, this is a pop rock alt song that is great for chilled out driving then we're going to match up those pre- those opinions and insights with the curator's preferences. Got it. So do you help the client? Like if I came to you and I said, look, I've got this song. It's, you know, it's alt, alt rock. You may listen to it and go, yeah, I think this kind of leans a little more Americana. I mean, are you involved in that or do you just kind of take it straight with what what's brought to you? So on the whole, we take it straight. But if people reach out and ask, then obviously we're going to we help them with that. So yeah, it's we don't require that we give insight um, in order for the song to be pitched. Yeah. Because quite honestly, we would prefer the curator or we would prefer the creator uh, give us that information and give us what they 
give us their professional insight so, on it. I hear you. So, yeah. you know, there, there's there's other playlisting services out there that pick yep. and choose the songs that they want to push. And in your yep. case, there's none of that. Any artist could come in, use your service, and it, it would be submitted. I have a, yeah, it's a philosophical difference, and I'll tell you why. Um it, it requires a little bit about my background, but I, I came to Nashville originally as a drummer. My dad is a, a bass player. He was here in the 90s. And both of us are, you know, musicians by trade, but I've, I've never been an artist. Like, I've never written a song in my life. I know what I like, and what I like most people don't like. So I have a really hard time creating a set of standards by which um, we can assess whether a song is going to be great for our curators. Uh, secondarily, though, my curators, their insights and what they're doing change pretty regularly, meaning you may have a um, YouTuber that does exercise videos, and he may be looking one week for a certain type of feeling and the next week for a different type of feeling. So his standards and his in, uh, what he's looking for change. So it, it's a moving target to try to create this uh, benchmark assessment. And I would rather my curators just tell the artists, like, this is not for me because of these reasons and, and then, yeah. you do, know rely on ai and my algorithm to play songs better over time. do you do you sure. require um everybody to provide feedback to for a submission so every playlist owner has to send something yep. back saying yes or no yes yep see that's really key michael because a lot of this is so nebulous you pitch things and you don't get feedback like well, did well you, you don't, don't like even it? know you, you don't even know if they got it right yeah yeah <laughs> And how does that work with, I'm sorry to cut you off, how, how does it work with um, influencers? Because I, I've had some influencers and paid some money for folks, typically on the YouTube side when you've got somebody, for example, who has a video series where it's all about uh, makeup and they have two million people watching them yep. you know, apply makeup and you can have your music in the background and then a little plug at the end. <clears throat> I mean, that's one way of doing an influencer how do you approach influencers and have you seen some success? Yeah, we've seen quite a bit of success and it, it requires, um, two bits of knowledge. One, it requires to, you to know that influencer marketing is, is most successful in quantity. Um, and what I mean by that is most successful in not relying on one large influencer to place your song and expect that to spark, uh, the kind of reach you're hoping for. And, and secondly, though, um, understanding that the, Echonest algorithm that Spotify purchased relies on uh, just as many signals from social platforms as it does from signals inside Spotify. And this is an algorithm that it's the one that feeds Discover Weekly, Release Radar, Fresh Finds. And those um, syndicated algorithmic playlists depend on is there activity in the social sphere around a song time? Right. And has there been a recent release of the platform? And so if you end up securing a quantity of similar, but even smaller, seemingly non-specific uh, influencers that post about your song all within the same 28-day period, you're very, very likely to break onto Discover Weekly or Fresh Finds or Release Yeah, radar. so more is better, even if they're not larger ones. Exactly. And the same applies for playlists, honestly, at this point in time. Of course, uh, and blogs, you know. Uh, exactly. I know yep. You know, some of the DSPs are looking at some of that same activity on blogs as well as socials yep. that feed into that algorithm. So, qu Absolutely. Qu I mean, question, you know, so not, yep. not, 
not related to the the data that you license, but how do you or not how, but do you do any um, curation of playlist owners that get it added to your list or anything along those lines? Are you ensuring that these are legit yeah, playlist owners? Do you have a requirement that you must have at least a hundred followers? That it has to be active? What talk to about talk to us about that? Yeah, very good question. Um, so two things are we have an initial uh, follower count threshold that you have to meet regardless of the platform. So or that we need to see uh, quantitatively that that's really our key requirement. Qualitatively, we assess all of our influencers on a monthly basis for their interaction on the platform. What I mean by that is if the influencers are on the platform and they go through the songs that we send them and they don't promote any of them, they end up giving, you know, leaving feedback that's non-substantial feedback, it's not helpful, it's generic, and it looks as if they're gaming the system, then we boot them or we uh, penalize them based on how much they're getting paid or how much they, you know, whatever bonuses they're getting on our platform, like we take those away. Um, so my my staff is really good at combing through the the user activity on the influencer side and weeding them out but we do give every influencer a chance like we if they if they meet the follower requirements they sign up and you know the signals are there and they're interacting correctly then we leave them we we did have an influencer recently where they signed up and suddenly their playlist following just started growing really oddly and then they um they started adding a bunch of songs and none of those playlists popped up in the discovered section or the about section of Spotify for those tracks. And we thought, okay, this is, they've obviously purchased a bunch of followers. We're yeah. going to get rid of these guys. So we got rid of them. Um, so it's, it's qualitative, but yeah, we're, we're constantly assessing those folks to make sure that they're good members of the community. Is there a um, genre that, you seem to have more success with when it comes to playlist pitching and influencer? Yeah, it's usually um, a couple genres. Uh, Hip-hop, R&B, we've had our best successes with. Uh, secondary secondary successes are rock and halt. Really? And then, yeah. Like, yeah, and then general pop does pretty well. Um, dance, like EDM, electronic influence stuff does well. We've, we've struggled with country and Christian. It's hit or miss. Um, and being in Nashville, that's hard because, you know, most of my network and friends are in country or Christian. And, sure, sure. Uh, so, you know, there are mood-based playlists and mood-based influencer channels that are really great for that. But commercial country struggles really hard. What about... I'm sorry, what about jazz, just because there's, you know, there's smooth jazz, there's traditional jazz, there's, you know, fusion, there's some of it that's like rock and heavy metal, all the way to stuff that sounds like your dentist's office. Yep. It's, uh, could you, you know, I could see maybe that would be something you'd be successful at because of lifestyle, mood, not necessarily a jazz, quote unquote, jazz playlist. Yeah, so we, we have a small pocket of folks that curate for that. Mm -hmm. and that use that music um, and when we get a good track through there it's usually successful but it's just a smaller amount on the whole of what's being created do you see what i'm saying it's just yeah i do well yeah. yeah it's such a smaller part of the market exactly Re relative to who is out there trying to promote their commercial tracks like we had one guy that came through about a year ago that did pretty well on our platform 
Um, but I would say less than 5% of our submissions are in those, like the world jazz. Yeah. The reason I bring it up is I've got some clients who have had really good success on the streaming platforms with two things, coffee house and chill. So if you look at, you know, the Alexa, the HomePod, you know, the Google home and some of those voice activated, the number one search phrase is chill. And, you know, I know for folks that get a little bit older, you know, that whole coffee house, chill, kind of relax kind of thing, you know, after a hard day's work is very, very important. So it becomes less about the genre and more about, I guess, the mood. Dude, you're speaking my language right now. I, one of my clients at Gyrosity is a piano artist named Paul Cardall. I don't know if you ever heard of him or not. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the top streaming piano artists on the planet, a little over uh-huh. two, two billion total digital streams on his easy listening piano wow. catalog. Uh, about Absolutely. twenty, yeah, twenty-five million monthly digital streams, and the whole reason is because his uh, his catalog is utility based. Like it is, come home, relax, or do your Bible study, or do do whatever it is you're doing that you need to I, relax to. Yeah. His, his music yeah. is the key background music for that, um, and he does really, really well. He's yeah, uh, and he's not calling it jazz or easy listening or classical. No. He's it's more about the mood. Is exactly right. He, he's actually classified at, at Billboard as New Age, but I mean, he's you know he, he basically does spiritual piano music um, and the hymn covers and extrapolations on themes. You know, about 350 songs in his catalog and fantastic for about 20 years. He actually him and I did a panel together at the Music Biz Conference a couple of weeks ago on his career, and it's very interesting. I have to send it to y'all. Yeah, Garrison, please. do you, do you guys offer any sort of um, upsell service so if there's a client who wants you to actually become a go out and pitch you know the the old i want you to be the 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 playlist promo guy for us will you actually reach out and contact and push uh, a song to playlisters yeah really good question so crosshair itself does not do that gyrosity as an agency we do do that um and the reason is that is we, we lump that under influencer marketing as a service that we provide. Uh, and it's humans making contacts with our database, with the contact information, reaching out to them. Um, we did a project a while back for a, a very well-known country artist whose name I won't mention. It was a, a three-month monthly listener follower growth campaign. Like the, the goal was to get monthly listeners up to a certain range um, because he at one point had a lot and then now had about a third less than he used to or two thirds less than he used to. And my team, we just got in there and we just hustled on pitching everything from regular everyday users to influential playlisters, excuse me. And I ended up growing his monthly listeners by about half a million over, um, about a 90 day period. Is that service all a cart? Garrison, I mean, if somebody came in there and they didn't necessarily need, say, online advertising, maybe they already had a, a Gupta or Gary Group campaign already running, and maybe they didn't need some of these other services that you had, is it a la carte where they could come in and say, I need what Michael just described, which you file under, you know, influencer, could they, you know, get that service uh, from yeah. Gyrosity? Absolutely. That's, that's how Gyrosity works. You know, we're, we're a kind of build your own marketing department company. Got it. So, Got it. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, Garrison, you know, the, 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 the million-dollar question is how much does it cost for an, an artist to show up on your website and say, all right, I want to submit this to a bunch of playlists? 
How does it work? Yeah. So on Crosshair, um, the you know pay yourself pitch service is two hundred fifty dollars paid once per song. Mm-hmm. So you if you want to promote one song, you pay two hundred fifty bucks once. And how and, long is that for a thirty day thing? Is that how does that work? Yeah, not time based. It is. Oh, it's not. It's just a one time fee to get on the platform. You get it, yeah, you get it on the platform, and the campaign on the back end officially ends when you've received a hundred responses. So you're paying to reach a hundred. You're, you're paying to reach the database of relevant folks, and then the first hundred mm-hmm. to respond are the ones mm-hmm. that um, are, are the ones that, that you get. So you know, you, I could have five thousand people in my database that are relevant, and the first hundred that respond to that campaign are what you pay for. Right. Could you make that? Does it scale? Could you say, like, let's say EDM is going to fill up really fast, but jazz might take months. So if you had something, could you say, okay, instead of 100 responses, I want 1,000? Yeah, so we absolutely could. We don't do it right now. Um, okay. And I'll tell you why. The, the platform itself, I, uh, Gyrosity paid for it uh, to build it back in uh, the beginning of, well, beginning of 2017, end of 2016. And we ran it all last year, and then we ended up partnering with a software company out of D.C. this year to basically – our matching system was not as um, AI-driven as I wanted it to be. It was had some basic kind of learning functions, but it, mm-hmm. we couldn't find the right development team for it. So we ended up finding this amazing development team who's a Deloitte, Deloitte contractor out of D.C. that purchased a portion of the platform, purchased a minority stake, and uh, is our – uh, development partner slash in-house development team and data science team on it. And they are rebuilding the whole matching system um, and cost scaling system right now so that it's a lot more intuitive and a lot more learning based. So mm-hmm. clients have the ability to say, I, I have a bigger budget than this. I want to roll up to as many possible responses on this platform. And it'll Understood. scale. Okay. So that's crosshair. How about gyrosity when it comes to fees? Yeah. Gyrosity ranges. Um, like I say, we have, clients in a ton of different industries we usually spec out the project based on what they need but influencer uh marketing itself runs anywhere from uh 1900 a month up to about 4000 a month depending Got on what's going on. but our, our our typical packages are 2900 bucks up to about 10 grand a month so you know we have healthcare clients that are in that 10 grand a month range and we are sure. their entire marketing department from customer service on the website to warehousing and fulfillment to everything. So back back to the crosshair pitch yourself, um, and I'm trying to make sure I understand this right. So it's a $250 fee to get a hundred playlists to pick you up, or a hundred responses. Hundred hundred responses. It's not guaranteeing you anybody's going to add you, but it's a hundred yeah. responses. 100 responses, yeah. And th- I would say 20% of the time you get an ad. Like, that's kind of the going rate right now. Um, so, you know, you're, you're, you're going to get anywhere between 12 and 25 that probably add you, if you're, if you're typical. And and does, that, does the fee vary based on the potential number of playlists that are out there? I mean, I, I imagine if you're going after a certain niche that you just don't have nearly as many playlists, is it still the same fee? Are you are you are you are you hoping to be able to scale this based on how many you know how large the potential audience is? Yeah, my my goal is to be able to adapt to that. We haven't been able to do it right now, but yeah, it's it's typically just two hundred fifty bucks one time fee. But I will say this: it's not based on number of playlists; it's based on total number 
of influencers. So this is this includes playlists, social influencers. We have some bloggers. We actually Got have it. a bunch of music supervisors on there as well, like folks that are supervising for so Silicon can, Valley. Can, can, can that be sliced and diced, though, if somebody wanted yeah. to only yeah. – I only want to send this out to playlisters. I'm not interested in – Influencers. influencers and supervisors and all that stuff. Um, you know, does the price adjust for that? I mean, how does that work? Yeah, the price doesn't adjust right now, but it it should and it will. That's the, okay. that's the it does it right now. Um, it's you buy two hundred fifty bucks, you spend two hundred fifty bucks, you get one credit, and then you can make that credit do whatever you want. Your credit Got it. Playlist or it can be for everything or Got it. anything in between. And do you see Crosshair as kind of a farm club for Gyrosity, or are they just two separate beasts? You know, it's interesting. Um, it has it has the potential to be. It has not been used that way at this point, just because, you know, in, in my mind, since since 2015, I guess, I've been thinking about, you know, the rise of independence and, the, you know, change in technology and the way that independents are able to support themselves. And um, there just needed to be a software solution for access to a lot of these things that were typically done in an agency style model. Um, so I, I kept them very separate mentally on purpose to try to build the value propositions sure. for people we were talking to. But yes, I mean, we've had a few crosshair clients that have done so well or enjoyed the uh, um, experience so much that they have then come and purchased a full retainer from Gyrosity and are still clients. Um, when, when somebody does it, do it yourself, will they get a report of who it was submitted to? Even if there was no response, what what type of reporting is available? Yeah, so you don't get a report of who it was submitted to. What you do get is a, a report of all the people that responded, the links to their profiles, whether they are going to add it or not. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, oh, that's way, great. Yeah, a way to contact them um, <laughs> if they gave you a thumbs up. There's a, like an internal messaging system if they gave you a thumbs up to contact them. Um, simply because a lot of them will say, "Yes, I'm going to promote it," and then they just dits off and don't yeah do it immediately and so we wanted to give the clients a way to sure follow up and that's and that's really important because the big complaint that i hear from a lot of artists managers and even you know at label and distribution to a lesser degree is i'm not getting any feedback you know even if it's negative i i need to know i mean what was it was the intro too long was the track too long was it just not you know, it didn't fit in with today's. You didn't think it was, co- you know, competitive. You know, that kind of feedback I think is really valuable. Absolutely, and that was the whole that was the whole goal. Um, it's interesting because there are plenty of feedback platforms out there, but there aren't feedback curator platforms. Um, right. And and the, the feedback, if you guys get in there and see it at some point, it is, it's pretty raw. I mean, it's exactly what you would expect from a bunch of folks who have differing opinions. Sure. So, well, you kind um, of want that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some artists love it. Some representatives love it. Some just are like, man, these guys don't know what they're talking about. Like, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. That's what, that's what they want for their platform. So Yeah, well, it's, it, it's somebody's they, opinion, right? And, yeah, exactly. You know, they can't be right or wrong. It's just how they feel. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I can't wait to get in and kick the tires. Yeah, so Garrison, this, this definitely sounds very interesting. I, I like. I like the concept that you're going after putting something together for the indie artist um, because there's there's just there's a lot of artists out there that want to do this but will never make the cutoff for most companies out there to be accepted to be promoted yeah. or or they don't have the budget you know they just they can't afford 
you know, two thousand dollars a month for three months to pitch. Right. You know, it's interesting. Um, the budget I get, the acceptance thing I just have a big philosophical problem with. Oh, I, I I agree. I I loved when I loved hearing why you do this because you're a hundred percent right. I mean. I've said this before, and I say it all the time. I have clients who ask me, "Well, Mike, what do you think of our our first single?" You know, it's like, listen, I'll tell you what I think, but that means nothing. It's just my personal yep. opinion because yep. music is a hundred percent personal for every single person out there. Yeah, nobody's an expert. Nobody nope. is more right or wrong about it because, believe me, if I was an expert on this, I'd be charging a boatload of money to everybody. So they could have that expertise. Yeah, right. no, nobody's yeah. out there has ever done that. You know, there's at the end of the day, it's about voting, right? You see what is that, what's getting the most streams. That's what's being reacted to, and that's why I loved, like, you know, let's say Big Champagne back in the day when they launched, yeah. because they were looking at bit torrents and file trading. Labels would come to them and say, "I want to put this song out as my new single." They would check all these different DMAs and see what was reacting in reality, you know, by these fans. And nine times out of ten, it was a different track. Yeah, you know? yep. It's funny, man. I mean, nothing's really changed from that time till now. It's just like. <laughs> it, there are folks in the industry who claim expertise and I'm just like, I, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I, I'm sitting here like, I, I have no, maybe I'm, maybe you guys know something I don't, I don't know. No. I just, I know that with technology and with Moore's law, right, the computing power right, microchips right. change every yep. two years or it exponentially grows every two years, I think it is. Like we're going to see more and more and more specific sub niche genres that and we've already seen it, an explosion of those. It's just going to keep happening. Absolutely, there's no way you can be an expert, a domain expert on everything. Um, right. And taste are just right. more and more specific. Yeah, so, the the business is changing so fast. It's changed while while we've had this discussion, you know. And and I talk to some of my clients who say like every ninety days or so, they're basically reinventing their marketing plans and their strategies because it's kind of the wild wild west. But that's what makes it so exciting right now. Oh. Okay real exciting it's you know i've been sitting around in this i, I got to nashville in 2011 and then uh had the ability to work for you guys know ronnie dunn at brooks and dunn sure yes yeah so i was ronnie's personal marketing guy for about two years uh from 19 to 21 that was like half my college experience he hired me between his time at sony and his time at nash icon when he tried to start an independent label and from that point on it was like the industry's in shambles, you know, everything's horrible. And then, mm -hmm. we, you know, I got on Spotify in 2011 and uh, started working on digital advertising in 2012. And then um, here we are at the, the nexus of all of that and at the, yeah. the climax. And uh, voice is next, you know, with the smart speakers, is that's the next thing. And, yeah. Um, yeah, we talk about that a lot just because it's in its infancy. Um, you can't find the same artist on all platforms because of the way metadata is delivered we've got a long long way to go and uh it's exciting absolutely it really is so garrison where can uh where can our listeners find you online websites twitter how can they yeah, absolutely how so can they connect handle, yeah my twitter handle is just my name at garrison snell uh my instagram is the same at garrison snell the website is uh, my personal website is just my name garrisonsnell.com and then my, my personal email, if y'all want it, it, literally reach out anytime. Uh, it applies to any companies or anything I do. It's just my first name, Garrison, at GarrisonSnell.com. So 
pretty pretty straightforward. Awesome. And and, and for um, Crosshair, where can people find that? Yep, it's crosshairmusic.com and then gyrosityprojects.co for the marketing agency. That's G-Y-R-O-S-I-T-Y projects.co. Excellent. Exciting stuff, Garrison. So uh, so great talking with you. Thank you, guys. I'm uh, glad we got in touch. And yeah, the Hypebot guys are great. Bruce has been like a he's been a, a, a friend for a while, and he, he's yeah. covered our stuff. So. Yeah, we love him. Yep, awesome, awesome group over there, as we said. Absolutely. All right, Garrison. All the best to you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, us. Garrison. Appreciate Thank it. it. Take okay. care. Bye. Bye. I, I, you know, I'm excited where where he's going with Crosshair for sure. I mean, I, yeah. I love, I love, you know, self service to me is great. Technology is making everything self-service online. Um, if he can make a great self-service platform for pitching to playlists, two thumbs up, man. I mean, yeah. we, 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 we need it. As you and I both know from experience, you know, most of the services that are out there right now are, are agency-type setups where you've got to submit right. a song. They've got to accept your song. Yeah. They might not even accept your song. This one accepts it, right? They charge a lot of money. This one seems pretty reasonable, but the big thing for me, Michael, is that you get feedback and that's yes. kind of requiring something feedback you is important. Yeah. You just don't get that hardly anywhere where, did you like my track? Did it not fit the format? Um, did it have too long of an intro? Wh- whatever it is, that kind of feedback is key. Even if it's negative, yeah, well, the feedback can be just pass, simply saying pass. Yeah. Um, I know from my experience, you know, a lot of the other places, you don't get any of that feedback. You just, right. you're just in a void waiting for somebody to say something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, you know, much more affordable. Um, I do like the, the fact that they also have that influencer aspect tied to this. Yeah. Um you're not necessarily just going out and pitching blogs of this genre. You're in you're pitching influencers or you could pitch, you know, Spotify playlist owners. Yeah. Um yeah. great potential here. I'm really excited to see. Me too. He he go. said something that really um struck a nerve with me and that was when he started talking about how blogs, you know, um influencers, you know, socials it's not always just about how many streams, how many skips, how many ads to personal playlists you get on DSPs. They're looking, you know, they're not stupid. They're looking at data. And so they're looking at all those things that he mentioned to see, you know, who the early adopters are, what's bubbling up, you know, all of those things. And he's attacking that. And I think that is interesting. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Awesome. All right, guys, that's it. Another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. If you feel compelled, we'd love to have you leave a review and a rating over on iTunes. It's greatly yeah. appreciated. Till next go week. Go visit HypeBot. HypeBot.com, always. Thanks, right. everyone.